You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Good morning, Michelle. <laughs> well, good morning, Dan. So nice to see you here today. How are you doing? <laughs> I want right. to welcome. I want to welcome everybody and thank you for joining us. Welcome to QuickBooks at Year End. I'm very glad to have you joining us. Uh, Dan and I have lots of good things to help you uh, with some tools and features in QuickBooks at Year End that hopefully will help save you time and make your year end a lot smoother and easier. So we're very glad to have you joining us today. My name is Michelle Long. I am a CPA, uh, owner of Long for Success, a member of the International Trainer Writer Network, which I really miss um, doing live person in-person training with you all, but hopefully back in the spring. But just to let you know, we do have some great events coming up. So pay attention to that. And we'd love to have you join us at our um, Facebook group. There's nearly 10,000 members out there and people are very active and always willing to share their opinions. Very yeah. active. Yeah. yeah, my name is Dan DeLong, owner of DanWith, where we transform businesses through technology. I'm the tech guy of this <laughs> of this duo. Yes. Um, <laughs> Worked uh, worked that into it for about 18 years in uh, desktop point of sale, uh, as well as uh, anything QuickBooks. Uh, just finished uh, editing technically the QBO for Dummies uh, sixth edition. We got to update that slide. And uh, new uh, new new project is the partner and chief content creator at School of Bookkeeping. Very good, awesome. All right, so a little bit about the QB Power Hour webinars. Um, they are every other Tuesday at noon Eastern. You can see here some of the upcoming events that we have. Pay attention because we are still scheduling a few things and we will be announcing those uh, shortly. You can always see what's coming up on our website, qbpowerhour.com. You'll see links to the slides, the recordings, and the podcast down there towards the bottom of this slide. As always, those are available so you can watch them after the fact if you can't join us live. Um, and to go with today's QuickBooks uh, at year end, I wanted to share some resource links and information with you all. So first of all, if you're not a ProAdvisor already, I encourage you to join the ProAdvisor program. It is free for QuickBooks Online, and it includes lots of free training and certification, things like that. And we're going to mention some of the training that has some of the content that you might want to refer back to here at year end. Also, there's monthly webinars going on every single month, as well as VCon, a virtual conference. Um, for example, uh, this past week, we had a tax VCon. We'll have another tax VCon in January. Next week, um, on the 15th through the 17th, we have a certification VCon. So we'd love to have you join us for that. You can find out the details and register at qbtraininggevents.com. There's another link to the Facebook group and the sample company where you can go play around and practice with these things. Now, specifically, when we're talking about QuickBooks at year end, these are some other topics that you all should check into, but we don't have time to cover them in this one-hour session today. Some of these Dan and I have covered in previous Power Hour webinars, so you can refer back to that recording. A lot of this is covered in the core certification, some of it in the advanced certification. Um, so we've got links to all of that for you to check it out, and Dan included a link down there to the year-end checklist as well. So you want to make sure that you check out undeposited funds, the tool to write off invoices, the reclassified transactions tool that allows you to clean those things up and batch. 
adjusting journal entries, closing date and exceptions to the closing date report, and recurring transactions. So those are all things that are great topics for year-end, but Dan and I wanted to focus on just a few key areas for you all. So we're going to talk about the overview feature in QuickBooks, the month-end review that is just awesome that we have now, cash basis reports and management reports, and how those are different between desktop and online, um, and preparing for 1099s. Dan's going to go over that with you, as well as prep for taxes. So we got a lot to cover. Let's go ahead and get into our first poll question, Dan. What version of QuickBooks are you using? Yeah, and what? one thing, uh, one thing that we're also not not really going to touch on too much, but is a usually a big, uh, big thing at year end is is payroll, uh, you know, payroll taxes, um, and and payroll forms. So you know, if you were hoping to get any of that today, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not going to touch payroll today. That that would be like a whole nother. <laughs> That's whole a whole hour in power. itself, isn't it? Yeah, um, but. You know, we're we're going to touch on both QuickBooks Online and Desktop. So, uh, with, with some of the things that we are going to dive a little deeper into. So it looks like we're almost split between, and we also have a, a about 50, 52, 53 percent using both. Um, some people are whatever my clients use. So <laughs> we may have some Sage or other other versions uh, floating around there as well. But uh, we're, we're going to, of course, focus on the, the QuickBooks side of things. Now, uh, Michelle, you, you're a CPA, but do you do, you do taxes or uh, this no. year-end type of stuff? <laughs> no, I don't do taxes because I used to way back in the day, um, but I realized that I liked other things and my area of expertise was well suited for other things. I'm not smart enough to do taxes. They're too hard. <laughs> anyway, I quit doing taxes years ago, although with all the new tools that are available now and the new software that's available now, it's easier than ever um, to do those taxes. But no, I used to exchange referrals with other accounting professionals that like to do taxes, I would let them take my QuickBooks clients and do the taxes. And on the flip side, they would have me do some of the training and setup for their clients, or they'd have me, you know, do the cleanup and then they would do the tax work. So we could exchange referrals and it worked out great. We both like got to do what we were good at and what we liked. So I do not do taxes. <laughs> All right, so let, me, <laughs> let me go ahead and uh, end the poll there and we'll share the results. Uh, so yeah, mostly 52% are, are using both. So version agnostic here. So we'll, <laughs> we'll hopefully cover cover things for, for a little bit of everybody. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. If you do have a specific question, uh, put it in the Q&A section in, in the Zoom at the bottom. That way we can uh, address those either live or or type the, type the answer. Uh, if you put something in the chat, uh, sometimes that just kind of scrolls on by and we and we miss that. So if you have a specific question about something that is being covered, go ahead and uh, enter that in the in the Q&A. Very good. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. And first, let's start talking about using the overview. We have an overview feature in QBO. Now, in desktop, you can look at these things as well. Um, some of them, Dan's going to mention, um, or we're going to mention the uh, CDR, Client Data Review 
tool um, that will allow you to look at some things, or you can always just run reports to look at some things. But under the overview that you can see in the left navigation bar, it gives you some great information and kind of a quick overview into this client, and it highlights some common issues for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop into QuickBooks, if I can find the right one. Here we go. And um, on the left navigation bar, let's see, we got to go, oh, this is my sample company. Let me go into Larry's Landscaping. On the left navigation bar over here, you're going to see Overview. You can check out the company setup and see, you know, what subscriptions they have, any apps that they have. You can check out the banking activity to see if they're uh, keeping up with their downloaded transactions and the reconciliations. You can review that at a glance. But what I really wanted to talk to you about was this down here towards the bottom under common issues. Undeposited funds should always be zero. It's a clearing account. Things go in and things go back out. So this one only has four. That may be all right. They may be getting ready to take those payments and deposit them later. If you see like 400, there's a problem there. <laughs> you know, once I had a client that had like $150,000 worth of stuff sitting in undeposited funds. If you go in and look at the undeposited funds register and you see things going in, but never coming back out. They're not following the proper workflow and you need to go in and fix that. Undeposited funds should be clearing itself and zeroing itself out. So you wanna check into that. Then also when the, the feed comes from the bank, you get the downloaded transactions from the bank feed. If they don't assign it an account, it's gonna go into uncategorized. So you can see uncategorized asset, income, or expense. So you'll wanna go in and check those things and go ahead and give them a categorization. What account do they go to? You can quickly review your agings here um, if you want to, but then this is another big one. OBE, opening balance equity. That account is supposed to be zero. Okay, it's something that we set up to use when we're first setting up the opening balances in QuickBooks and everything clears out when you finish the opening balances and stuff and OBE should be zero. If there's a balance in OBE, opening balance equity, you need to investigate to see where did that balance come from. All right, and then you need to determine how to fix it. Let's say they got a new customer and they put a balance in of $500. Well you don't set the opening balance when you enter the new customer you would enter the new customer then create the invoice so you have to dig in to see where that balance came from to know how to fix it this is covered more in the certification materials if you want to go change that back or check into some of that then also negative accounts you know, have you seen a savings account that's negative or a credit card account that's negative? Some of these accounts that are negative when they shouldn't be. Now we know accumulated depreciation shows up in the assets on our balance sheet and it has a negative balance, but accumulated depreciation is supposed to have a negative balance because it's a contra asset account, so it's okay. But some of these others, like you can see BOA checking account has a negative balance, uh, bill.com, money and clearing. So you can go in and look at all of those to see what's going on. So this over, there's a, yeah, go there's ahead. A quest, there's a question that, that came up in the, in the chat. Uh, about a statement that you made about opening or uh, undeposited funds being zero. Uh, of course, that would be zero if everything is deposited. Yes. So if they if they do have a legitimate uh, deposit, that's uh, funds that are waiting to be deposited. Right. Yes, you would see you would see a transaction in there. Um, so that's that's uh, 
in theory, it should be zero. Right. <laughs> but it should in be reality. zeroing out and clearing out. So like these four right here for $780, they might have got that in on December 31st, but the bank, they haven't gone to the bank to deposit it yet until January 2nd or 3rd. So that is okay. But you should look in there and see things going in and coming back out. It zeroes out right. um, on a regular basis. So yeah, if they still have stuff to be deposited, that's perfectly fine. Then also you could get to your chart of accounts, you could look at reports and you could get into the transaction volume down there if you wanted to see you know, the volume of activity and stuff. But I just mainly wanted you to see some of these common issues and make sure you check some of these things out at year end um, when you're working on that. And let me go back to the slides. I can find them. There we go. Um, so an another one that I want to talk about that's just amazing, and I got to allow enough time for Dan, so I keep checking my time. The month-end <laughs> review. This is amazing, and I I'm pretty sure it was a reach that said this um, at QuickBooks Connect that accounting professionals, people who use the month-end review, those books are five times more accurate when you use the month in review because you don't miss things. You don't overlook them or you don't skip them. You do everything. Now I've got these slides in here for you to look back to and to review the different tabs. How do I get to it? You can see the different things. But again, I wanted to pop into QuickBooks um, to share that with you. So under month in review on the left navigation bar, you also can access it under accountant tools, month end reviews. Now, I know some of you are like me and you're going under your books and you're looking for this because you want to see how your books are. Unfortunately, at this time, it's not in, available in your books. It's available on our clients and we can use it through QBOA. It's under our month end tool or um, tools month in review, or it's also available on this left nav bar, but you're not going to find it in your book. So sorry about that, but let's go ahead and check it out. You can choose which period you want to review. Like right now we're on no uh, November. I could change that if I wanted to. Transaction review, you'll want to review all these transactions. So under bank transactions, you might want to click to go in and review that. I'm not going to do that right now. I want to get into the meat down here. We mentioned this a while ago, uncategorized transactions. I could click on this, drill down into it, assign, well, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just go ahead and go into this expense and you'll see it comes out as uncategorized expense. Let's just put it to like uh, job expenses and go ahead and save and close. And we didn't have a class, but that's okay. And now you'll see that went away under uncategorized transactions. I've now cleaned all that up. So transactions without a payee, I could do the same thing, drill down into it, assign a payee, and then unapplied payments. We have an open payment down here that's not been applied to either an open invoice or an open bill. In this situation, it looks like it was a payment we received. So you can go in and clean up those things. And then this is what's amazing. This is so cool. We have additional items that we wanna look into down here. So like, let's say I wanna add something. Uh, let's put down here, what can we add? Um, review EE advances, review employee advances employee advances you know we want to make sure we're reconciling that clearing everything out reconcile and then this is where you could actually put a link directly to that so what i'm going to do is i'm just going to right click and duplicate and on this other tab i'm going to go into my chart of accounts under accounting oops 
accounting, come on, accounting, chart of accounts. I'm going to look up employee advances. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and click on this register here. And now I'm going to copy the URL, copy that URL, come back over in here. I'm going to paste that URL. And now I can save this. I just created one of these items down here because these are all things that you can create. So you can create your own item, like review employee advances. If I click on this little carrot here on the left of it, I could delete it or I can edit it. You'll see here's the link to go directly to that um, register. So I can review and look at that and see how it's going. Over here, I can keep track of the status of these to-dos as well. So let's put that as waiting. Maybe we're waiting on something and maybe this one, uh, we're done with that one. So this um, is awesome. I love it. So first we wanna review some of our transactions. I also suggest right here that you go in and use that reclassified transactions tool, use the write-off invoice tool to write off um, old uncollectible invoices. Again, cover that's covered in depth in the advanced training materials. Um, so you might want to go check some of that out. It's it's covered in some of the certification materials. After you've finished with your transaction review, let's go into the account reconciliation. And this is where you're going to review all the accounts. Now, we have this sample company here that we've created. We use it a lot, but you can see a lot of these have never been reconciled or they're years ago and things like that. Usually, you're not going to have as many bank accounts as we do here. we got 24 bank and credit card accounts. But this will give you a chance at a glance to, to review and see are the bank accounts and the credit card accounts up to date or do we need to do some of that first so again this is a month end review you can do this every month if you haven't been using it yet you can start using it now to get things ready for year end then down at the bottom again you can add additional items you should reconcile every bank account almost you can't reconcile ar and ap you can't reconcile undeposited funds but like on the client retainers account if I click review, that should take me right into reconciling the client retainer's account because I previously saved that link. And when you're in there, reconciling another balance sheet account like client retainers, what you do, you do this for employee advances as well, is you put in there an ending balance of zero and you put in the date of whatever you want. So like ending balance zero and like we could put in R for year end date and we're reconciling at the end of the year, okay? So for almost every balance sheet account, you should reconcile these things. So like here's 2,500, it went in, it went out, I could clear that out. And then this one went in and it went out, I could clear those out. And then I can click finish now. What this allows you to do is now I could go into that client retainers account, run a report, filter for uncleared transactions. And now I have a report of my open client retainers. So you do want to be um, uh, reconciling additional balance sheet accounts. So you again, you can add these onto your list um, for things to do and put that link in there. Isn't this great? I just love it. Like, I'm going to come over here now. Let's go ahead and call that one done so we can change the status. Go ahead, Dan. Can you sort, uh, can you sort the, the, any of these columns? Uh, there was a question in there. Can, you, can any of those be sorted? No. Unfortunately, these columns aren't sortable. Like, if I click on any of these column headings, huh? no. Mm -hmm. But nice. there is a good uh, feedback right up there. That's right. <laughs> Whenever you have feedback for Intuit, click that big gear feedback if you want to sort those you let them know that you want to sort those 
Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Um, go ahead. Uh, and, and if you uh, attended the virtual QB Connect, uh, they talked about some of the things, that, some of the enhancements that will be coming out this year uh, where, uh, where you can uh, add reports and, and you know, finalize uh, those things after you've done uh, the, month, the month end review, right? Yes, yeah. And I see somebody has a question here about, is it easy to run a report to see which customer has a beginning balance assigned to them? Um, if they have a lot of customers, it'd be too time consuming to go through one by one. The way that you're going to find that is you're going to go to the balance sheet and you run a balance sheet. You click on the account opening balance equity. When there's a balance there, it's going to show you whatever transaction created the balance. You can click on that. That's going to take you in and you'll be able to determine which customer it was or which inventory item it was, which vendor it was, which account it was. So anything that they created and they put in an opening or beginning balance, the offset goes to opening balance equity. Similarly, if they take a balance sheet account that has a balance and they deactivate it or delete it, they make it inactive or delete it, that's going to throw the offset to opening balance equity. So that can cause problems as well. So you've got to drill down on opening balance equity, and then that will show you what happens so you can determine how to fix it. Okay, so after you're done with all the reconciliation, both bank and credit card accounts and other balance sheet accounts, then we want to go to our final review. And this is where we've got a lot of reports to go review, taking a look at the balance sheet, P&L, A&R aging and AP aging, unpaid bills, open invoices. And again, you could add additional reports out here that you want to go in to look and look at. Like if you, uh, you've got that open retainer. So let's, I don't know if I have it out there, open client retainers. Um, but we could go ahead and create that report. You could put the link and all that in there. So you can add these things on your to-do list over here. And you can, again, click on the little carrot in front of it on the left so that you could go in and edit or delete that if you wanted to. But I just love this month in review. So I hope you all will as well. Remember, Areej says that, that people who use this tool, those books are five times more accurate. You don't overlook things because it's all here, a nice checklist for you. Um, so you have that readily available to you. Now, we also have a nice checklist available for us in desktop. I think Dan put a slide. Oh, also on your month in review, when you're on your client dashboard, it will show you at a glance the status of that review. So when you're on your client dashboard and you look in the bookkeeping, you'll be able to see how that's going. So you can monitor the status of your clients. Now, for those especially, of you, are, especially if you have other team members who are doing this for other clients, you can kind of uh, oversee that as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so somebody again asked, is month in review available for my books? Not at this time. Let input uh, into it. Know your feedback there uh, because a lot of people have requested that. Now, when you're using desktop, you've got what's called CDR, client data review. That also is like a checklist and a, a to-do thing of all the things that you should be doing, starting with like the, the trial balance and comparing balances from this year to last year, um, going through and reclassifying transactions 
you go through here and you can look at your accounts and clean up some of those things and again you can keep track of your status out here it's got links to things it's got tools to help you clean up let's say sales taxes that were paid incorrectly so there's more tools available out here dan and i covered this once before in a qb power hour so here's the link where you could go in and listen to that and go over that the cdr tool is available in quickbooks desktop accountant if you have if you're logging in remotely to your client and you are a pro advisor you can log in and access it under the company menu so it's in accountants edition under the accountants menu unless you're a pro advisor with an active membership and you're logging in remotely then you can access it through the company menu you'll find client data review and all those tools that are available i think there's like 13 tools or something like that um dan yeah. do you add anything yeah and you can also uh, access it if your clients are using uh, enterprise as well so it's you don't have to have the accountant edition or be the accountant uh, but it is uh, when you have when you have clients who are using Pro or Premier uh, and not on the account edition, and you know back in the days when you could actually go visit your clients, <laughs> um, you could uh, you could get access to those tools. Uh, but that is that is one of the un uh, unkept secrets. Uh, I see, you know, people just didn't even know it existed uh, when I was working in the accountant care. Um, just people just overlooked it, didn't even realize uh, it was actually uh, part of uh, the accountant edition uh, for, for them and their clients. So a uh, lot of useful tools. I mean, when you actually complete a review, um, unlike a closing date where you can't enter transactions after that, they can still enter it. But once you review it, it puts a, it puts a brand on it. So it makes a lot, it makes the next time that you go to review a lot to figure out what what they actually did because you can see changes that were made uh, to balances and accounts after uh, after you you know finalized your review and sent it back to them they um, it, those things are easily bubble up to the surface yes and it is amazing how many people don't know about the tools or don't use them which I think is just amazing because like reclassified transactions, the best thing since sliced bread. Y'all got to go check it out. <laughs> All right. Let you me help. You helped with that, right? I did. <laughs> I was on the accountant posse. We created it, the reclassified transactions tool and the troubleshoot inventory and the find and fix sales taxes. Those three things were added in 2009 to desktop. So they've been there a long time. If you haven't seen them and used them yet, it's time to start using them. All right, I'm going to talk quickly about year-end reports and then let Dan have a turn. Um, so first of all, I wanted to point out to you, your year-end reports, many of our clients are on a cash basis. The way that the balance sheet and the P&L works um, for QBO is a little different than desktop. So with uh, desktop, when you run the balance sheet, it will zero out most of accounts receivable or accounts payable, but not all of them. Things that transactions that include another balance sheet account do not get zeroed out. However, with QuickBooks Online, when you run a balance sheet on a cash basis, it will zero out AR and AP totally. Any open invoices and our open bills will be reversed and it will be um zeroed out so something to keep in mind is if an open invoice or an open bill included another balance sheet account it got zeroed out and maybe it should not have been 
many of our clients are actually on a modified cash or modified accrual basis. So for example, if they purchased an asset and they entered a bill, let's say they bought a computer for $1,000, they entered the bill and they didn't pay it till um, next year, you may wanna go ahead and include that asset. So you need to include the accounts payable. So that's something to think about. Um, or payment of a liability or equity. Also, similarly, if you had an invoice and on that invoice was inventory, that's a balance sheet account, that would have been zeroed out. But when you do your year in inventory, if it's already shipped, you didn't count it. So there may be some adjustments that you need to make when there's open transactions in AR or AP that included another balance sheet account. So you might need to adjust for tax purposes. So be aware of that and how that works in um, QBO. Also on the profit and loss, when you run a cash basis P&L, you might see something kind of weird like unapplied cash payment income or unapplied cash bill payment expense. What that is, is when there's an open credit on either, let's say a, a customer has a credit memo that's open or a vendor has a vendor credit that's open, it's not applied to a bill, or if the payment received, let's say, on an invoice and a, a payment received, if the payment received was before the invoice date, in those situations, you can get unapplied cash and it's gonna show up in income or expense, depending whether it's a bill or an invoice. And so you'll need to kind of pay attention to that. And uh, um, Dan has given us a good link here to some more information on that unapplied cash payment account um, in the School of Bookkeeping blog. So you can check that out. Just be aware of those differences and be aware if you see these things where it is coming from. And then also the credit card account. So accounts payable will get zeroed out on a cash basis balance sheet. What about a credit card liability account? Well, that's not accounts payable, so it does not get re reversed, okay? Because it's gonna treat the expenses paid by credit card as a paid transaction. So now it's a liability. So it's a other current liability, it doesn't get reversed. So those expenses will not be reversed and the unpaid liability balance will not be reversed. That's all fine and good. Where you can run into some confusion is when you have a client reconciles their credit card account and it says enter a bill for payment later, which they should never do. That always just causes more trouble than it's worth. Okay, so don't do enter a bill for payment later. But if they did, if they said enter a bill for payment later, it took that credit card liability balance and moved it to accounts payable. And now accounts payable gets reversed at year end. So it won't reverse it back to the credit card liability account. It reverses it to that unapplied cash bill payment expense account. So you need to be aware of that and aware of what's going on so that if you encounter that, you kind of have an idea what it is. So first of all, tell your clients, don't move the credit card liability over to accounts payable. Don't enter a bill for payment later. Just don't do that. <laughs> Hopefully you can avoid some of that. And then finally, management reports. When you get all this done, you got to present your clients some really nice professional looking reports, right? We've got these management reports available where you can choose from four different covers. You can put the logo on there. You can have a table of contents if you'd like. You can include an accountant's report. Let's say you're doing an accountant's compilation report. You can put in the various reports, any custom report that you've saved, you can add into this packet of management reports here. You can also have EndNote and footnotes if you want to. So Intuit gives us some pre-made templates where you can copy those and edit those 
for your client. So you'll want to go in and check out the management reports. I'm not going to go in depth on this. It is covered in the certification training materials. But again, you can choose your cover page um, and go in there and you can add custom reports into it. And you can also, let me just show you one thing to be aware of. Sorry, Dan, one thing that will trip right. them up. When you're in the reports and you go into management reports, one thing you want to keep in mind as you're creating this report, come on, there should be a bunch here. All right. So um, we've got a bunch of these right here. Let me just click view on one of them. Is when you add these things to this report, you need to put them in the order you want them to go in. You can't change the order once you've added the report. So let me show you that in just a minute. But here's what it looks like. You can see you got a table of contents. It will populate the table of contents and the page numbers when you create that report. You've got a nice, pretty looking. Let's make it bigger so y'all can try to see some of it. Your reports are just nicer and more professional looking as opposed to your generic um, QuickBooks report. So you can see we've got this uh, nice income statement here and it's formatted and looks all pretty. Um, but what I was trying to show you is when you're actually creating it. So I'm going to edit this. When you're creating it and you're adding reports. So as I come down here into the reports section. See how I have all these reports? Let's say I want to make the AR aging detail higher up. I can't. I can't rearrange the order of these. So as you add new reports, and down here is where it says add report, you have to make sure you add them in the order you want them to appear. Because once you've created this template, you can't rearrange them. Instead, what you'd have to do is go out here and delete that report and then put it in the order you want it in and redo it. Okay, so just to there's a couple couple questions I want to make sure that we uh, we, we address here because there's a lot of questions about or con comments and questions about uh, management reports. Um, uh, Louis Haskell is talking about uh, my issue with management reports is that my clients can access them. Uh, so I guess you know what what are your thoughts about about that that they'll be able to see those things where it's kind of like your secret sauce uh, right. of the value that you bring. Yeah, so so the client has a few templates in there um, where they can see some basic things. They don't have the company financials or expanded financials like we can create for them. So under expanded company financials, we have additional reports in there. So the client will see a couple of basic report packages, but not what you can give them and not the customized one where, let's say you've got a nonprofit organization and they want a three-year balance sheet. You can customize that balance sheet and put it in there. You could do a monthly P&L for your clients. You could do a P&L by product or service to see the most profitable items. There's additional reports that you can put in there for the client into that management reports that you have. And then, yes, you can share that with your client. If you click under view, you can send it or export as a PDF, export it as a doc if you want to do additional customization. And then you can copy this template to use to create another one if you want to. Um, so the but client will have access to some of it, but not the customization and not the, the company financials that we can put together for them. If you create a management report for one client, can you then copy that to another client or do you get to create it from scratch? That is a great idea, but you got to do it from scratch. I wish the, wish that you could copy the template over to another one. You can copy within here, but not to another client. Um, but that's a great idea for feedback. And one other thing that I might put out here, um, 
Now I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh well. Can you um, can you add other things like uh like Excel worksheets or graphs in the in the management report? What you'd want to do there is export it as a doc file, and then you can mm -hmm. add additional things into that if you'd like to, and then you can save it as a PDF out there. Um, so one of the things that I was going to mention to you um, on these management reports is when you're out there um, editing it, you can put a footer on every single page. So if you are a CPA and you need SARS 21 compliant financials, you can do that with the management reports. All right, you can put the, the footer on every page except the cover page and the table of contents. Um, so it's really great. You guys should go check it out. Um, but Dan, I think we need to give you a turn so we can make sure we get through the 1099s prep for taxes and we can revisit any of this if we need to later. But let's go ahead and okay. have you take over for a while. All right, so we're gonna launch uh, another uh, another poll. So this is, do you do, you do tax forms um uh, uh do, what kind of tax forms do you prepare for your clients you can you can select uh, as many as you as many as you do uh <laughs> I, I did put one at the the health of the no form uh, we <laughs> we don't do any uh any taxes uh so you want to stop sharing uh michelle and then i can oh, i can yes, share my sorry. screen there you go sorry about there that you go. not a problem okay so it looks like uh, a lot of people are doing 1099s. Uh, there's some individual income tax prep, um, but I, I like what you uh, I like what you had uh, working with uh, working with a tax prep where you you worked uh, symbiotically with, with them. So like yes. you you were able to do what you want you know what 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 you appreciated or or had a passion about and and then hand off the things that that they don't. Um, I do like the idea also of only doing tax, only doing tax. Like if you do both, like if you if you do the bookkeeping and and the tax prep, only taking on tax clients that you do the bookkeeping for. That way, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> is a is also a good idea. Uh, so it looks like uh, let me go ahead and end the poll and share the result. So it looks like yeah, a lot of people are doing the 1099s. Um, we do have some some tax preps, uh, as well as the payroll forms and, and sales tax filings. All right. So um, this year, um, there's a new old form, right? Like the <laughs> the 1099 NEC actually was, a, as I understand, it was an old uh, an old form, but now it's coming back. <laughs> uh, so the NEC stands for uh, non-employee compensation, which was typically box seven of the 1099 miscellaneous form. Uh, but now it's uh, it's making a resurgence. I mean, I, I can't remember the statistics, but um, like more people are are receiving 1099s uh, this year than than last year and the year before that. So um, you know, a lot of people are are, are needing to rec receive this form. And um, pers on a personal note, I always hated the fact that it was tied to payroll because it's technically not a payroll form; <laughs> it is a tax form. Uh, so I've included uh, a lot of you know general resources here. These are all links in the in the handouts of what is a 1099 um, and, and the things that we're going to be talking about about the 1099 payment categories and the e-file service uh, and and the the big one the big question the big takeaway is modifying your chart of accounts for the 1099 NEC form um, and then there's always a, a, a confusion 
revolving around excluded payments. Um, but uh, when I was, uh, you know, talking to people about 1099s, I really kind of tried to simplify it uh, in, in this Venn diagram that I'm showing here. Uh, so the vendor, there's really three things that will take, uh, that, that will make up uh, a 1099 actually being created. Uh, part of it is the vendor setup. Part of it is the account mapping. And part of it is a threshold. Uh, so if you want a 1099 uh, to be created, you have to have all three of those converging in order for that to happen. So if you're not seeing a 1099 created for a specific vendor, it's one of those three things. Um, and so we're just going to kind of talk about that. So uh, completing the contractor information in QuickBooks Online, of course, now uh, you have the option here for all versions. Used to be just a QuickBooks Online Plus and higher. Uh, that you could do 1099s, but now you can do it for all uh, versions, even Simple Start. Uh, but the uh, completing the contractor information, you check mark off that you do track the 1099, uh, 1099s and put in the, or their uh, tax ID or social security number in there. Um, and if you set them up as contractors, you can uh, send that information to uh, to the uh, to the contractor, and they enter in that information, and then it flows back into uh, into their, uh, into your QuickBooks. Uh, and of course, Intuit takes advantage of uh, offering them self-employed. <laughs> so uh, just bear in mind that uh, they are going to get advertised to uh, if you ask, uh, if you require that, uh, ask that information. But that, that that means that you don't have to send out a W-9, uh, have them fill it out, send it back to you. You can, uh, takes a takes a little load off there of you, of you doing that. Um, and then the other information about uh, you know, preparing the 1099s is going to be under the vendors uh, section. Uh, there's going to be a, pre a prepare 1099s button. Um, and really, it's just a wizard. It walks you through, uh, you know, the, the various things. And you really can't proceed until you've actually uh, set those things uh, to set those things up. So if you don't have your tax ID entered in or your, your address entered in properly, it's not going to uh, allow you to go to the next uh, field without doing that. Uh, but the big thing now is is the account mapping. Uh, so the non-employment compensation, uh, which is the um, which is the box one for the for the new form, the the 1099NEC, uh, will will allow you to do that. Now the the big thing, uh, Michelle, you were tell you were telling me is that uh, the biggest thing about the the 1099 miscellaneous and the 1099NEC is you can't have the same account mapped to both forms. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. So for for example, um, you know, bookkeeping fees here, I don't know why. I, I can't come up with a good example, but you couldn't have bookkeeping fees as not employee compensation as well as royalties or something. But that's where I I don't know why they would be the same, but you can only map one account to one form. So you can't have the same account trying to go to both forms. So you would need to set up a different account, reclassify and move some transactions if you need to. Right. And you can do that either as a, a journal entry just at the end of the year uh, so that you can, you know, get get your 1099 NEC people uh, categorized to the right to the right um, uh, to the right account or, uh, you know, redo it as, you know, you can even use the, the battery classify, you know, <laughs> if you wanted to. So uh, now you've got, you know, multiple tools that you can that you can utilize. Uh, but this is where you would then, you know 
map the accounts inside of QuickBooks Online. Um, and then what happens in the, in the wizard is it will tell you what's missing. Uh, so the red is bad. Uh, so you would definitely be seeing that. Um, so it, and it will tell you what's missing. Uh, the address info in this, in this screenshot or the tax ID is missing. Um, and then you can edit it right from there. Uh, so you can also add, if you don't see a vendor listed there, uh, you can add it from the vendor list uh, by just clicking that option and then it will uh, bring those, bring them in. And if there's something missing, then you can edit as well uh, from there. Uh, so that's uh, one major area of, of uh, setting up, you know, 1099s is the vendor setup and the wizard walks you through that. Uh, and again, you'll be able to enter in that missing information uh, if need to. Uh, did I skip over? Okay, so then also a big um, uh, confusion is the, is the whole idea of excluded payments. Uh, so when you, um, ten, I mean, there are a variety of 1099s. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot, of, you know, there's a dash after, uh, after all of them. So you have the ability or, you know, there's a 1099K that, uh, payment processors are required to to provide. Uh, so when you're using um, electronic payments that are credit card, uh, debit card, those types of uh, payments, the 1099 is going to be reported through the payment processor. So you don't need to include those payments with um, uh, with your 1099 miscellaneous. So those are going to be excluded. So as you have a column in here that's going to have the an amount that is included or excluded, excuse me, um, you know, those, you know, as you may have uh, paid someone, you know, like this uh, Tony uh, has $18,000 was what was paid to to Tony, but 8,000 was done by a MasterCard a credit card payment. So that's gonna be included by the credit card processor. So you don't need to have that uh, on your 1099, reported on your 1099 miscellaneous. Um, so there's here's a here's a list of all of the reportable payments that are eligible for the 1099. So cash, check, direct deposit, and EFT transfer. Um, the non-reportable payments are, are credit card, debit card, uh, payment, PayPal, Stripe. Uh, so if the way those things get excluded is the codes that are used in the check number or reference field. Uh, and there's all the iterations of, of what would actually be classified as one of those non-reportable uh, payments. And we've included the, the, the link there for excluding those payments as well um, in, the, in the handouts. Uh, so you'll have a 1099 report uh, that's, that's gonna be able to be created. It'll give you the listing of what would actually be, uh, be shown and uh, in desktop as well as uh, uh, online that 1099 report is a great way to, I love the desktop report because it gives you those three fundamental things about, about 1099s, the vendor setup, the mapping, as well as the thresholds uh, to see which one of those is, might not be the right, might not be set up properly. And then, and then you can go back to the, to the right place in the wizard to, to map those uh, appropriately. Uh, but you can file your 1099 cell with online, you can you can e-file it. Uh, with uh, with desktop, you can also e-file it, but not directly. Uh, you have to sign up for a uh, tax 1099 uh, account, and then there's a there's an add-on that gets added inside of QuickBooks. Uh, but not, it's not an Intuit service. 
whereas the the 1099 uh, e-file service uh, is part of the uh, uh, Intuit service. Or you can print them. Uh, so you, either way, uh, you can you can either print them and mail them yourself, or use the e-file uh, service. Uh, so prepping for taxes uh, is, uh, is the next part. Um, this uh, throughout the year, you know, accountants and bookkeepers are going to manage the the QuickBooks data, uh, but then at year year end, it's time to make sure that everything is really correct. Um, in my business networking group, um, I always remember the 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 CPA or the tax preparer. He calls uh, December the fifth quarter, <laughs> you know, because this is where you you actually make those uh, adjustments. Uh, if it's time to give bonuses, you want to make sure that's done in December. Uh, if it's time to make a, a purchase or do your marketing so that you're not having a, a big tax penalty, if you were doing well this year, uh, that's going to be done at the at the year end, and you need, needs to be done and and dated before the year actually ends, or else you know that's now on next year's uh, tax return. Uh, so prepping for the taxes inside of QuickBooks Online, uh, when you go in under the accountant tools, you'll you'll have the uh, those areas where it's uh, the documents, uh, you can review and adjust and then group your statements together and do your tax mapping uh, right there. Under review and adjust, uh, this is where it's going to pull in uh, the uh, the balance sheet and, and the profit and loss, and you'll be able to make some adjustments and you can see how things were uh, were done by, uh, by year uh, so that you'll be able to you know, help prepare uh, those taxes. Now with QuickBooks Online Accountant, uh, it does create the tax return. Uh, if you're using, you know, if you're doing bookkeeping and uh, and taxes, it does actually send the return to uh, ProConnect Tax Online. Uh, it used to be called ITO, but now it's PTO, <laughs> but not payment paid time off. <laughs> it's uh, ProConnect Tax Online. Uh, so you can actually send that directly into a new return inside of uh, QuickBooks Online with uh, PTO, um, and you can uh, again group uh, group those uh, statements together. Um, you can create new groups in that, as well as uh, the tax mapping is where you would actually specify all of the accounts uh, that are in that are in QuickBooks. What map? Um, sorry, what? What tax line on the on the account? I'm sorry. What tax line on the tax form is is each account going to be mapped? And it will tell you that you found uh, that it found uh, in this case uh, 68 unmapped accounts. So uh, you know over a half a million dollars is going to not show up on the tax return if you leave it the way it is. Uh, and it will list each one uh, there. And those tax lines are going to show up based off of uh, the tax form that is selected in company preferences. So if it's an S-Corp or a nonprofit or um, or a partnership, those tax lines are going to show up specific to that uh, that tax form that you specified in, in the account preferences. And then you can create a new return. Uh, so if you're using a PTO or pay, a ProConnect tax online, uh, you can send that uh, to a new new return, and um, and that will actually open up the return inside of uh, PTO directly. Uh, you can also um, export it as an Excel file. 
Uh, so you'd be able to uh, export that as, as an Excel file uh, listed there. And um, Michelle, are you able to hear me? Yes, I am. Sorry, I was okay. muted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't hear anything, so I'm. I'm I thought maybe I, I I had an internet issue or something like nope, that. Nope, you're doing great. I've been <laughs> muted trying to type answers to all these wonderful questions from everybody. <laughs> okay, phew. Okay, I was. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I'm like, am I talking to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, oops, I went a little too far back there, uh, but you can export it into Excel. Uh, so you have that option uh, as well, and um, and this and, will then take that into uh, into a new return uh, right into from QuickBooks to ProConnect. One thing, one thing I might add, Dan, is how you just said that you could export that to an Excel file. So it will, it the data from QBO will integrate directly and populate the return in ProConnect Tax Online. But if you're using LaSearch or if you're using another tax prep software, by exporting it to Excel, like Dan just mentioned, you should be able to then import that into your tax prep software. So this is a huge time saver. And even if you're just the bookkeeper, you know, keeping the books, being able to have the kind of tax stuff kind of ready to go for the tax professional, um, I think is great. And with the ability to invite multiple accounting users and have multiple team members accessing that company, you and the tax professional could be using, you know, the same company and, and working together on things. So I think this is a great tool. I love it. Now, desktop, not to leave them out, <laughs> uh, there, is, uh, there is the ability to do tax line mapping. Uh, you do that on the account uh, first. So there's not like a, um, a tool like we just saw in, in, in QuickBooks Online Accountant. Uh, you would do those tax line mappings uh, on the account itself. Uh, so then um, once, you have, uh, once you've done that or if you're ready to uh, if you want to review what you've done under accountant and taxes under the reports menu, uh, you have the income tax preparation, the income tax summary, and the income tax detail report uh, that are available to, to run. The income tax preparation will show you accounts that are unmapped. Uh, so if you don't, you know, if you've missed, uh, missed uh, an account mapping, uh, but then the, the, the tax summary and detail are going to give you the breakdown of, of the totals for all the accounts that you have mapped. Uh, so then you can uh, import and export uh, into Pro Series. Uh, so that, uh, if you're using Pro Series, you actually handle the importing from the Pro Series product. Uh, there's a link there for how to do that uh, in the in the handouts. Uh, and then for inside of uh, Desktop, if you're using Alert, uh, you can export from QuickBooks Desktop under the File menu. There's Utilities, and then export the balances to Alert uh, Tax uh, listed in there. Um, did we want to go into the, the closing date and the exceptions report, uh, or, or did you talk about that a little bit in your in your reporting? I, I didn't, but we can go ahead and mention it quickly. Okay. Yeah. So um, so when you close the book, so we talked a little bit about when the data review, uh, you can you can specify an ending date of the review, uh, but you have the option to, to close the books uh, and in the preferences. And what that will do is, is it will allow... Um, you have a choice of either allowing uh, to view, uh, uh, allow changes after viewing a warning. So if you enter a transaction that is prior to that closing date, uh, it'll say, hey, are you sure you want to do this? 
uh, or it will allow the changes after you see the warning and enter a password. And I love your password that you <laughs> that you used to set up was 500 bucks <laughs> was the uh, was right. the password because that's the amount of money that it's going to take for you to go in and clean that up uh, <laughs> after they've after they've entered that in. So it it fulfilled uh, a, a self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, if you want to make those changes, yes, but it's going to cost you uh, 500 bucks to do that. At least. <laughs> yeah. And then under the accountant uh, section in the reports, you have the exceptions to closing date. So uh, when you um, when you run that report, it will show you the transactions that were done uh, prior to the the closing date. Uh, so once, um, even if they've uh, entered in the password, uh, because anybody can change the password technically, as long as they have access to uh, to that, if they know what they're doing, uh, they can change the password and, and enter that in, even if they don't know what the password is. Um, but if they've entered in the closing date uh, and modified transactions prior to that date, that will show up on this report. So you don't have to kind of figure out where, you know, what they did. Uh, to do that. Dan, one before we go to the final poll, one thing I might add too on that exceptions to the closing date report, it mm -hmm. will clear out and start over every time you change the closing date. So if you're changing the closing date every mm -hmm. month, it's going to wipe that report out and it starts over. So if you want to save that report, you'll want to print it to PDF and save that prior to changing your closing date. And also, Dan, can you go back up to the 1099s, those excluded and included payments? We have a whole yep. lot of questions on that, and I just thought it'd be easier to answer a couple of them with that on the yep. screen. Uh, yep, that one right, right there. So this was several years ago. The 1099K, like Dan mentioned, it 1099K is reported by payment providers like um, PayPal, Stripe, Square, Venmo, Zello, you know, Visa, <laughs> MasterCard, all these payment processors have to file a 1099K. So your reportable payments only include things that you pay by cash, check, direct deposit, or an EFT. If you make any plastic payment, debit or credit card, or use some of these payment providers, those are non-reportable. Those are excluded. So when you're in QuickBooks, when you choose the bank account um, and, you know, you're writing a check or paying cash or doing an EFT, it can see that. But if you go under an expense to record a debit card purchase or a credit card purchase, those should be excluded if you want to ensure that that expense is excluded from the bank account, you might use the code like debit when it's a debit card purchase. Um, so these are some of the codes that you can put in the check number or the reference number field to ensure that um, QuickBooks is doing it correctly. So when you're looking at that 1099 report, included and excluded, if something should be excluded and it's not, put this code in that field um, to exclude it. So hopefully that helps yeah. go ahead and if it's if it's blank it's considered reportable right yeah the default so anyway hopefully that will help a little bit um so some something okay. to keep in mind there go to irs.gov if you want more yeah. information <laughs> all right exactly. dan okay so let's uh, go ahead and launch our, our last poll because we're coming up on the top of the hour uh hopefully you learned something new today uh, so we're going to launch that and just I'm going to go to the end of the, end of the slideshow here.
And I'm going to encourage everybody to go back out to the Facebook group and continue to share and make comments and, you know, go ahead and bounce these around because I know there was a lot of um, people's questions that we were not able to get to. Right, because there's 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 a lot of questions about the the NEC and the and the the, the miscellaneous form about what's reported. Uh, what were you gonna? What were you gonna say? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I just remembered something that's brand new that I wanted to share with you because it might be awesome for a lot of your small business clients. Amazon. So a lot of times when you're setting up bank rules and bank feeds and things like this, Amazon could include a variety of things. It could include office supplies. It could be small tools. It could be personal. So there's a new app for Amazon Business Purchases app. Um, so go look if you want to. It's oh, now yeah. downloading your Amazon transactions and you can code line by line um, which account those Amazon transactions should go to. So it's like Amazon business expense, business purchases app, I believe is the name of it. So go check that that's, out. That's that's pretty impressive. I kind of liked it. It's free. Yeah, the app is free you, and the Amazon business account or whatever is free. So, yeah, because that's a, that's a big thing is that you you buy everything Christmas presents personally, <laughs> uh, as well as, uh, you know, your office supplies, your inkjet, for example, um, you know, off of the same account. Uh, now you can actually, you know, categorize your, your expenses that way rather than it coming in through the bank feed and like, well, that was Amazon. What did I buy two months ago <laughs> at yeah. Amazon? Well, and it's such a pain to go log into Amazon and go look it up to see what it was, you know, because you mm -hmm. see the total that comes through. Um, so anyway, check that new app out. Uh, that might help um, at year end as well. Okay. So, yeah, it looks like we uh, we mission accomplished. 97% uh, learned something new today, which is awesome. Uh, so we appreciate you joining us again on the QB Power Hour. Now, upcoming, um, you know, we're done for the year. This is our year end. <laughs> So, although, uh, although we may have a special one coming up, um, okay. so we're we're working on getting that scheduled. So stay tuned and follow us on Facebook, so you'll learn it. It'll be a special, fun thing to do um, that can help you and your clients to give back um, to the the community, both locally and internationally, if you choose. Okay. And uh, check us out on the on the QBPowerHour.com. Or we have a calendar there for upcoming uh, webinars. Um, and uh, you can always view any of the archived uh, webinars there as well. Uh, so we'll see you next time on the next uh, QB Power Hour. Thanks, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. That's right. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.